Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, Northlanders, it is Wednesday, and this is the second hour. And, of course, everybody should know by now because we've been doing this for, I don't know, Pete, how long have we had this segment to let the sawdust fly on with our uh, with our show here. It's been a couple, two, three years, hasn't it? <laughs> it's July 2016 was the first time you guys allowed us to come on. Wow. And it hasn't stopped <laughs> That's since. That's amazing. On and just I've a phone said it call. many times. Oh, yeah, the little phone call from you to me, and I thought, oh, I like Pete. I think Pete will be good at this. It'll, it'll last a few months. There will probably be some interest there for a couple of months. <laughs> And lo and behold, it happens to be one of the most uh, well-listened-to segments that we have on a regular basis every month. Well, so, uh, Pete, uh, today you have a very, very interesting guest. I'm going to let you introduce him. Um, there's lots of things we want to talk about. Yeah. I hope at some point today you will talk a little bit about the lost opportunity up in uh, mm-hmm. uh, Cohasset. We, we can hit or, on that a little bit. Or maybe it's not lost. Well, Is we can, it not lost? I'll, we'll talk a little bit about but I've I've uh, I got to watch what I say on it because I know more than what I can say, okay? And uh, ah, um, okay. I do appreciate it. Brad, thank you so much for allowing us to come on your show and, and talk about the timber industry and folks out there willing to listen across the nation. There's people listening all over different states that are listening on the podcast. So if you could share it with other people on the podcast. And I thank you very greatly for that. But, but today, today, folks, we have somebody all the way from South Carolina, Crad Janes. He's the president of South Carolina Timber Producers Association. A real good guy. I met down, uh, Crad, I met you down in Branson, Missouri when I went down there. And uh, Scott Dane asked me to come and speak at the loggers conference there. And that's where we got to meet after that. And uh, it's been quite an interesting ride. And Crad's got a lot of information about South Carolina. And I got stuff about uh, Minnesota and St. Louis County in particular. And we're going to do a little bit of comparison here on uh, okay. forestry here. But we can hit on all kinds of subjects because, Crad, Crad, we're going to throw a couple of quarters in you and let you rip out. And uh, you got a lot of information there, guy. And so when I back up, folks, hang on, grab coffee, because he can really talk w- real well on that southern twang. I love it. I love listening to the ladies, especially down there, Crad. Oh, yeah. Well, no you, kidding. you know, I, I tell people, Peter, and thank you for having me on, you and Brad, and, and it's quite an honor. And, uh, yeah, Peter and I really struck up a very great friendship since we met in Branson, Missouri, and have talked numerous times about the industry and, and uh, <clears throat> my career and experience and and the comparison of the two states, and we can certainly get into that. And but uh, yes, just I uh, thank you for the opportunity. Well, it's, it's great to have you on, Crad. Could you go back a little bit and tell the folks out there just a little history about yourself, how you got in the timber industry, where you're from? Uh, I think you guys are pretty big on uh, what is that college football team? I think they won a national championship or something like that not that long ago, huh? Yeah, it's a small vocational school up in the northwest part of the state called Clemson University. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, and I have to say this, and since being in South Carolina in the South, hey, y'all. So, uh, but as far as, you know, uh, myself, uh, I've been associated with the timber industry and logging industry now 46 years. Uh, I have a, B, a Bachelor of Science and a Master a master of forestry and both in forestry and have uh, been around associated directly with the logging industry for my entire career. Um, 
I did. Uh, I actually started out as a logging equipment salesperson, and then went into start the safety and loss control department for a large insurance agency here in Columbia. And I live in Lexington, South Carolina, which is right outside of Columbia, and this is right in the middle of the state, and that's the capital of our state. And went there and moved up in the agency, and then started with the Timber Produce Association May 1 of 1999, and have enjoyed it and loved it ever since. Wow. That's a pretty good long run for doing that, Crad. No yep. kidding. <laughs> now, Crad, uh, uh, you, 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 uh, you people down there in South Carolina have a whole different kind of forest industry than we do up in the northern area, though, don't you? I mean, different kinds of trees, different kinds of logging, a lot of differences. Well... I would say yes and no, Brad. It's, uh, you know, South Carolina is a relatively small state. We're uh, caught between North Carolina and Georgia. But the forest industry in our state is tremendous. It is providing a $23. billion impact to our state's economy. And when you look at it, we are the our industry in what we what we refer to as the wood supply chain from the forest landowner to the logger to the wood wood dealer to the mills uh we're number one in jobs with uh, about ninety five thousand jobs uh number two in labor income of five about five point five billion dollars and number three in uh direct uh, economic output so uh you know, and we, uh, our state, you know, with, uh, we've got 12.5 to 8 million acres of forest land, and 88% of it is privately owned, and we do have two national forests in the state, and then some state forests, and some Department of Natural Resource-owned lands, and, uh, but it is sustainably managed and grown and harvested and, and reforested and and it's just an ongoing industry here, and and uh, you know we're split with our forest, you know, base about fifty-fifty hardwood and southern yellow pine, and uh, okay. So that's main product, and uh, it's just uh, we we're fortunate, uh, you know, to have so many mills and markets available. We've got eighty-nine primary mills in the state, and. We've got wow. about oh, 600 secondary uh, mills, and that's molding and furniture and things like that. So uh, if you look at the entire delivered value of forest products to mills in the state, and this was according to the 2021 survey, it's about $1.2 billion in South Carolina. Wow. It's almost irritating to hear that. It is, isn't it? I mean, so you're driving me to jealousy because I got numbers of what you guys have, and what we have, and we okay. Just Minnesota, you you said you had. Uh, let's see, we have 17.4 million acres of forest land in Minnesota. All right. Okay. And you have uh, where is it? I lost it here. 12.2 million acres of timberland in yours. We have roughly 43 percent more forest land than you do in South Carolina. Okay. All right, and then you you produce five million no five billion more dollars in timber revenue than us on forty three percent less land and and uh well, it, 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 it's management 
<laughs> that's a long term there, Brad. It's like, wow. It's almost almost jealousy. Well, yeah, we're, you well, know, we're fortunate because, as, as you and I talk, Peter, that uh, South Carolina is probably, if not the friendliest state for business, it's probably in the top two or three. And uh, we like business. There it is. And, uh, you look, you look and see, you know, BMW in the upper part of the state around Greenville and then Boeing down in Charleston, Volvo outside of Charleston, major companies around. Uh, we're fortunate we've got five paper mills in the state. Then right across the line over in Georgia, there's two paper mills in Savannah, Georgia, and one in Augusta, Georgia, and our guys do deliver to those. So, you know, and the you know, sawmills, of course. You've got the corporate owners, the Canfors, the West Braziers, Georgia Pacific, and people like that. So, And then we've got quite a few privately owned large uh, sawmills. So, as we say in the South, you know, you can just about throw a rock from one market to the next. So, uh, <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. That is very impressive. Cred, did I hear you say that you had 89 mills and then 600 smaller fractured mills or individual mills? Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the numbers from the South Carolina Forestry Commission. And the secondary okay. mills can be just small, you know, mills that use wood. Uh, they sure. kind of lump them all in together, you know, so... Uh, uh, got any idea? Yeah, I mean, got any idea, Peter? Uh, got any idea how that compares to Minnesota? <laughs> oh, I don't want to really talk about that, Brady, because it's not that it's embarrassing. <laughs> but I will. I'll try. Let, let's let's look at this, okay? Crad, uh, I live in St. Louis County. That's where a family homestead mm-hmm. is. Okay, roughly roughly we're about sixty eight hundred square miles, sixty eight sixty. Okay, compared that to South Carolina, the whole state is thirty two thousand square miles. You're roughly Okay, you're roughly four and a half times the size of St. Louis County, okay, which is the biggest county east of the Mississippi. We, mm-hmm. Okay, I, I made a grocery list of all the mills that are in the county I live. They're all small mom-and-pop ones, and there's only a small one in Hibbing that consumes wood waste, one in Duluth that consumes waste, one in Floodwood that consumes a little bit, a sawmill west of Eveleth, and there's one up by Orr. I can't name the names or nothing because I, I, I don't have permission to, but in St. Louis County, folks, the size that we are, there's not one major mill in it anyway. Wow. Not one. And trying to work at trying to change that because if this was South Carolina, with that size of breadbasket, that size of place, Crad, what would be happening in South Carolina on that? In regards to what? What would, Do you I think mean, there would be a mill inside that, or do you think it would be still the same way down there? That well, I just, I just think we would still have the mills, uh, you know. And uh, like I said, we're a small state, comparatively speaking, in the southeast. And, uh, you know, it's uh, just a business-friendly state. And, you know, when you look at St. Louis County, where you are, and, I mean, gracious, uh Y'all have forest resources just like we do, and, yep. you know, sure, I mean, it's different type of, of wood. I mean, more hardwood up your way, and, you know, like I said, it's pretty much split between pine and hardwood here in this state, and a lot of times people be driving through the state and say, 
goodness gracious, all I see is pine trees. Well, guess what? It's a native species, you know, loblolly yes. pine and, you know. and But the, the situation being is that uh, the hardwoods in our state are up in the mountains or down in the bottoms and, you know, in areas that you really can't see, but it's there. We've got a, a, a abundance of hardwoods, you know, and... Well, listen, you guys. I hate to I hate to stop you right in the middle of a good conversation here, but uh, uh, Pete, you uh, you you know, after all these years, we're a commercial radio station, so we do have to stop for commercial breaks. According, uh, so Crad, please hang on with your thoughts. You got some great uh, things going on. Eighty nine mills. That's incredible. Uh, we have on the line with us uh, a user of some wood products, believe it or not. Uh, but we're going to ask you both to hang on for a little bit. We have our friend Matt Boo, who runs one of the finest, uh, uh, well, it, it's called Duluth Stove and Fireplace. And you've got uh, hundreds of different kinds of uh, wood burning, uh, pellet burning, gas burning stoves and fireplaces that can make people's homes beautiful. But we're right in the middle of a great session here, uh, Matt, talking about the difference between the wood industry in Minnesota and the wood industry in South Carolina, and it's just amazing. But you've you've been able to help a lot of people in the Northland to be able to heat their homes, not only make them warm, but also make them much more enjoyable to live in, because I, I truly think that a great fireplace burning in the middle of a cold snap is probably just as refreshing as it is warming. So how how you doing this week, Matt? Oh, just good. You know, just fine. We just got back from the sports show, and that went well. And it's interesting good. that, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting Pete and his guests, but uh, it's interesting because right now uh, we're in the middle of that uh, 30% biomass tax credit on high-efficiency wood stoves and fireplaces. Um, and also another uh, stove swap initiative has been just kicked off. So, so a lot of That's incentives. Yeah, you know, these are good things because they're taking dirty stoves off the market and they're putting in clean, high-efficient stoves. And and there's some safety involved with that, too. So it's uh, oh, good absolutely. program. absolutely. Let's make sure we tell people where you're located. Sure. Uh, we're on the corner of 25th Avenue West and Superior Street. Our phone number is 218 218- Seven two seven nine zero zero two. Our hours in the showroom are Monday through Thursday, eight to six. Friday eight to four thirty. Saturday nine to two. And then you can surely be reached on DuluthStove.com. Duluth Stove and Fireplace make your home much more comfortable to live in. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it very much. We'll be right back with much more. Giant redwood, larch. The fur, the mighty Scots pine, the smell of fresh-cut timber, the crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing, sing, sing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I eat my Sing it, Brad. Sing it, Pete. And I go to the lavatory. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get enough of that song, Pete. Uh, But it it kind of gives you a little bit of a mind vision of uh, how logging uh, loggers work in the woods all day long. You guys work very, very hard. And uh, what you what you need is a little support from the state, and it sounds like uh, Crad has some 
unbelievable support from the state of South Carolina in the wood industry. Yeah, they, they seem like they cater to helping businesses create more jobs there, and, and it shows, and it's, um, uh, I get a little bit of a jealousy bone on it, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy for them. I really am, and I hope they can keep it going. And what hopefully people listen here in this state, at least in Wisconsin, that that can be duplicated here, folks. We're, 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 we're growing way more than we're uh, managing by quite a bit. And that's going to continue yeah. on because the trees keep growing. And, and just, just for instance, uh, on um, these mill sizes and that, uh, Crad, we talked about off the air here a week or so ago about you have a new mill that you got to tour where they upgraded their yard in that. And could you hit on that a little bit? Remember the one, the new mill that had? Now, up here, folks, a good-sized mill will have a scale inbound and one outbound. Okay, one scale for going in, loaded, one for coming out, empty, the scales. There, Crad was telling me that they had a new mill where they put in three inbound and three outbound scales. Crad, could you elaborate on that just a little bit? Sure. That is the uh, pulp and paper mill in Florence, South Carolina, and previously it was Smurfett Stone and went to West Mead, West Paco, and then now it's West Rock. But uh, what they did... Ah, gosh, I had the opportunity, and two friends of mine, Todd Martin and Bill Jones with Southern Loggers Cooperative, we were up there looking for a fuel depot site and got to see the first load of wood unloaded in that yard uh, once they opened it back up. And now they didn't totally shut it, but, uh, yes, they put in three inbound, three outbound scales, put in a new crane, a circular crane, uh, and just amazing what they've done. That mill probably takes in uh, every day probably 400 to 450 loads of uh, pulp wood. And, uh, you know, unfortunately down here right now we've had about four months of pretty wet weather. And right now the loggers are not working as consistently as they would like due to wet weather. Plus the mills are unfortunately, a lot of them are full of wood, so they're on quotas. And Peter, you know how that works. Yeah, and, uh, yep. but you know, uh, one of the things about the industry is that, uh, we're so focused on sustainable forestry that right now we're growing 38% more wood than it's being harvested. And, uh, wow. that's quite amazing because I, <laughs> I do public speaking, of course, you know, about our industry. And people say, oh, y'all cutting all the trees, Grad. No, we're not. <laughs> you know, there's, more, there's more, more standing timber in South Carolina right now today as we sit and talk than it was 100 years ago because of management. The privately owned uh, forest lands, the majority of them are 100 or uh, less than 100 acres, but we have the Real Estate Investment Trust in the state, the Timber Investment Management Organizations that acquired a good bit of land that the major corporations, you know, when their bean counter said, yo, that standing timber out there is not making us any money. Uh, duh, you know, and uh, so they acquired a lot of that acreage, and it's still very productive, and, you know, when you look at our industry here in our small state, the Palmetto State, our statewide uh, employment multiplier is 2.1. That means for every 10 jobs created by the forestry industry, there's 11 jobs created elsewhere. 
And the average sure. industry multiplier in uh, South Carolina for all other industry is 1.7. So, you know, and when you look at it, out of the port of Charleston, the number one product and commodity shipped out of the port is forest products. So to the tune of over a billion dollars annually. Whoa. That's, that's and, and uh, I, I think, those I, numbers are spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen, you know, guys, I've got to ask you to hold your thought again. We've got CBS News that we've got to get to. So we'll be back very quickly uh, with Pete Wood, Let the Sawdust Fly, and his guest today, Crad Janes from South Carolina. We'll be right back. Northlanders, we are back with a little, of course, Woodchopper's Ball. And before we get back into it with Pete and his guests, I uh, want to let you know we got some heavy snow coming, freezing fog, windy, 9 degrees at the uh, Air, uh, Sky Airport. And when you got those kind of conditions, you got you to gotta have uh, 19 degrees. You got to have some somebody out there taking care of your heating uh, needs. And we've got the guy on the line with us right now, Justin from AirServe. Justin, you know, people in bad weather conditions, they might think you guys aren't available to help them out, but they would be badly mistaken, wouldn't they? This is categorically false. I would anticipate that all of your listeners would have the Furnace Man's telephone number on speed dial just in case there was an emergency, and we don't want your listeners to be shy about calling the shop. If they have an emergency of some kind, they don't have heat, they don't have hot water, whatever the case may be, we expect a phone call, and we're going to do our best to get their ASAP. Fantastic. And that's that's what you guys provide. You provide great quality products, but you also provide the service to back up that quality product. Well, absolutely. And I just spent all day yesterday at the Minnesota Power Energy Design Conference learning all about changing technology within the industry and our equipment lines. Of course, learning all about those federal income tax credits, other rebates and incentives that are out there from utility companies. I'm really excited about what I learned yesterday because I learned even more than I knew before, which is always a good thing when you spend eight hours in training. And uh, the financial incentives for people to do things this year are incredibly lucrative. Nobody comes to your house and wants to pay for half of a home repair or a third of a home uh, improvement of some kind. It just doesn't happen. So you got to be thinking about doing it this year. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got a great uh, new abundance of knowledge ready to put it out to people. Uh, if they want to uh, talk to you about heating, if they want to get a hold of you, Justin, how do they go about doing that? What's the best way to get a hold of Justin from AirServe and his knowledge, his new abundance of knowledge? Well, that number to store in your phone, 218-879-SERV, S-E-R-V. And, of course, we got that great website of ours available 24-7, airserve.com, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Peter, we got to get back into this with Crad because I am just amazed at the size difference and the profitability difference. Uh, look, I know that Carolinas have always been around. When I was in the furniture business, I know that we bought a lot of furniture from Carolina, but that's not the big difference, is it? I mean, can it be that much different that they because they manufacture uh, a lot of furniture out there? Craig, do you want to take a poke at that? Because that's your state. And, um... Yeah, sure. Um, well, I mean, years ago, uh, in South Carolina and North Carolina, 
you know, a tremendous or just a great deal of furniture was manufactured, and then we lost uh, that segment to uh, China, but it is coming back. And a lot of the uh, furniture manufacturing, as I understand it here in the Palmetto State, is the smaller versions uh, of furniture. Now, we do have some pretty good size uh, furniture manufacturers, but uh, some of that is, is, is toned down. Uh, but, you know, because of the situation between our country and China and you know, a lot of the companies have just said, you know what, we're going to make it in the U.S. So uh, we're glad of that, of course. Could it create also that you're talking about a communistic country versus an open society country where we, we truly do care about our forests, we truly do care about our lands, we truly do care about the next generation. And, that, yeah, it went over there a bit, but then they started realizing, you know, it was pretty good here. Absolutely, you know, and I think that's one of the... Uh, critical points is that, uh, you know, products from our forests made in not only in South Carolina, but across the Southeast, we can honestly promote the fact we're dealing with a sustainable, renewable forest. Now, I'm not saying that Minnesota's forest or any place else aren't sustainable and renewable, but because in, you take South Carolina, because we have such good growing conditions, and, uh, you know, like Peter and I, we were talking yesterday, uh, we, we don't have the major storms that y'all are facing up there. You what know? do you mean? Don't you want this snowstorm? We'll send it your way. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, just send me a picture. That's <laughs> now, picture? We, we Come on. We have to deal with hurricanes occasionally, so... Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we just are really blessed. You take, uh, we have two national forests in the state that occupy a total of about a little over 660,000 acres. The Sumter National Forest in the, the Midlands and Ped- Upper Piedmont and then Francis Marion National Forest down between Charleston and Georgetown, South Carolina. And they have continuously practiced sustainable forestry. We have their have timber sales online and i guess we have been fortunate over my career that we haven't had the i guess and i peter and i we're environmentalists i'm a forester he's a professional logger we're environmentalists so i call i call the other side that says oh you can't cut a tree and all this you know uh they're a, a environmental obstructionist and that's what i call it but i will say this Every one of them uses paper products, particularly one paper product that's in their restroom or bathroom. (laughs) Well, I I was trying to be nice, so. So uh, smooth. You know, know, I think one of the, uh, well, I don't think, I know, because I work very closely with the Forestry Association of South Carolina as well as the South Carolina Forestry Commission, which is a state agency. It's an independent agency that is devoted to forestry and they do a lot of economic development work to bring in forest product uh, manufacturers and you know we have such a good relationship between the three of us we're all partners but over the years we've really concentrated on educating the politicians and that's the key to it and i think in many cases that 
people will oppose something, such as the Huber mill up there, when they don't yeah. totally understand. They're not educated. Because they don't like what they hear or see, then they're against it. But it, it baffles me. And I have always said, look, if you don't know, if you're not educated in it, then why don't you try to find before you make a judgment either for or against? Amen. See, see what you're talking about, Crad, is what we all know. Like you said, you and Peter know, you guys work in the woods. You know that logs, or the, the trees are a natural reoccurring uh, event. As you, as you forest an area, you also plant an area. And within just a matter of 15, 20, 25 years, uh, that area is all law, uh, is all growing up and ready to harvest again. It is ju- almost exactly like crops, like a farmer puts in the ground. Yep. It takes exactly. a little longer to mature, but it it is renewable. Exactly. Absolutely, and I use I use that analogy a lot. You know, you know, people see farmers and growing corn or cotton down here, peanuts. You know, they harvest every year or every you know in the season. But, yes, our, we are growing, sustaining, and renewing an agricultural natural resource. And, you know, yes, I mean, when we, you know, one of the issues here in our state is, and I'm sure it's across the southeast and maybe up into y'all's area, is the overrun of development, you know. As long as a site remains sustainable, well, if it's not reforested uh, by planting trees, then the good Lord's going to bring back plants and trees in his own way, naturally. So, you know, we've lost some forest land and still are due to development. You know, if you lose 50 acres of sustainable, renewable forest to a big box store or something, you know, well, uh, the land use has changed. But, uh, you know, but just what we, I'll go back. We really tried to educate, you know, the politicians in our General Assembly and even state agencies and to get them to understand how important the forestry industry is in South Carolina. And they come around and, uh, you know, yes, I mean, there will be opposition to, say, a new mill or something, but. You know, just because it's a new new sawmill or something, you know, it it, it will go through. You know, and it, it it's just a matter of education, guys. And yeah. you know, it it really it bugs me sometimes. So, uh, well, Peter, just, maybe just, it's a maybe it's a good time to talk just for a little bit about about what is going on up there in Cohasset. There was an operation, a potential for a wood products uh, company to open up there. But because of uh, an environmental protester movement, um, they wanted to have that mill go through a full environmental review. The company has five other mills around the country, and they realized that they can put that mill anyplace else without having to go through this whole process. And it's just a it's actually a business decision that was made that they don't want to have to go through that whole process and they don't need to if they locate it elsewhere. Is there a potential that this might be saved or does it sound like this is gone, like this mill is well, history? Um, 
I, I, I got to be careful what I say here because some people trusted me with their information that is not public yet, okay? And I'm hoping, every sure. month I'm hoping that we're going to have somebody come on, we're going to talk about uh, making an announcement that this is going to happen here. And every month I hope for that. As far as Huber, Itasca County, it's not going to happen, folks. It's it's over. Okay. Okay. As far as in the state, tune in every month. <laughs> the best thing yeah. to do is tune in every month because I've been hoping for a while to have one or two different people come on with me and talk about how they got something here. Okay. But I can't say who or what. And it's two different spots as far as I know. And, and these people have trusted me with it. But. I was hoping with CRAD coming on so people can understand here in the upper Midwest and the South, different types of policies, different types of things that are being done. But the common thread is all of us want to harvest our trees and manage our forests so it's ready for the next generation. When we harvest trees, it's for now. When we are done, we still get a forest back, whether it's South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, or Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan. Yep. It always, and I, I truly, I truly got to tell you that I do not know a logger or a forester that would that would kill off his business by not making sure that areas <laughs> that have been cut were reforested. They, they do that on a regular basis. Look, guys, we've got to take our last break of the morning. We're going to ask you to talk more about this when we come back about how. A forestry actually rejuvenates the ground uh, and rejuvenates the land around it. So we're going to take our Minnesota news break, and then we'll come back and uh, with more here on Sound Off. Let the sawdust fly. KDAL time is 1254, 18 degrees at the Army Corps of Engineers, but a stiff northeast wind at about 20 miles an hour, and that's producing some heavy lake effect right along Park Point, uh, parts of Superior, out towards Oliver, Wisconsin, right off the big lake, a lot of snow occurring right now. Superior, by the way, is under a winter storm warning. Here in Duluth, uh, we're going to get in on that winter storm warning at 6 p.m. All right. Well, listen, Pete Woods, uh, this is a very interesting discussion this morning. I, I think it's amazing the difference in the wood industry, like in South Carolina. I know that they have a lot more markets, a lot more uh, options that they've gone into. But the wood industry right now is not just toilet paper, is it? I mean, the, there is even uh, businesses that make clothing out of wood byproducts. Yeah, like a mill up here, there's one that yeah. creates like a rayon and that, and they you turn it into clothing because of like a shortage of cotton, kind of. There's one thing like uh, South Carolina does have over us a little bit, folks, and that is they have the ocean, they have ports, world-class ports. where We have a big port here in Duluth, but the thing is they're on the ocean. That does help a little bit with their export, but still, they. I'm just trying to give the observation of how they manage and how we manage, and all different parts of the country can listen in, because they do. There's loggers listening all over the country on this, and hopefully you can share it with podcast folks with other people. But there's one more thing, Brad, if it's all right. I'd like to have Crad talk about their annual meeting that's coming up this week. Uh, he's going to be busy after he's done here on the show. He's got a lot of stuff to do on that. But uh, could you talk about, Crad, a little bit about your meeting, and then you got one special thing that's going to be auctioned off that you got from a country music star. Could you hit, hit on that Ooh, just a little that- bit? Oh, yeah, I'll be glad to, Peter. And I will say I'm, uh, I'm honored to have you coming to South Carolina to uh, speak at our annual meeting. And we hold our annual membership meeting in February every year and down in Myrtle Beach so that uh, people can come to Myrtle Beach. And during the off-season, if you want to call it the off-season, Myrtle Beach has gotten so busy, really, but 
they can come to the beach and come to our annual meeting and enjoy the beach without the crowds and everything. And uh, we've been this way. This will be my 23rd, I think. Yeah, 23rd annual meeting. We didn't have it in 21 because of whatever that COVID stuff was. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, and I won't get on my soapbox about all that for sure. But, uh, you know, it's just enjoyable. We make it a family affair. I encourage our uh, loggers to bring, you know, their employees, uh, bring their children, their wives, and, you know, we make it a fun event. And then uh, Friday night during our welcome reception, we'll have a live auction again. Uh, we had one this past February, but I was auctioneer, and I'm not an auctioneer. I've done it a couple times at some other logger association annual meetings, but uh, we'll have a professional this Friday night. And I was fortunate enough to uh, bid on a Taylor Swift authenticated guitar. And it, it's autographed by her. It is in a beautiful wooden uh, case with a glass top, a picture of her, big picture with the guitar uh, in there. And we'll have that for the auction. And uh, so it, it's, you know, I might just bid it on my bid on it again myself because uh, it's so pretty. You know, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, but you know, hey, you know, it may it may gain value over the years. So, but uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. And as I said, Peter will be one of our featured luncheon speakers, and looking forward to having Peter. And well, thank you. Really crap. Well, thank guys, you. we uh, we have to wrap it up. We're just about to go off the air. Uh, Peter, as always, thank you. Crad, it's been very enjoyable hearing you. I hope uh, Peter will have you back on again soon. For sure. Uh, it's such a breath of fresh air to see what's really happening in the logging industry around the rest of the country. But, guys, uh, we've got a break uh, for this. Thank you both again for coming on, and I hope you'll uh, travel safe. Thank you all very much, Brad and the folks. All. Thank I you. I appreciate it. it. 